0: Welcome to the first recording of the internationally known Two Buck Sports Podcast. Uh, gonna welcome in my co-host, Uncle Buck. Uh Bucket's here, joining you live from uh Merles Inlet, South Carolina. But uh I want to give a quick shout out to our listeners and downloaders, whether they're pirates or actual people or not, in Brussels, Belgium. Thanks for tuning in, guys, over there. Uh Uncle Buck, what do you think about that?
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I did get on there and look to see what what our download numbers looked like given the fact that we've uploaded our first live podcast in real time Mm -hmm. and just kind of see how we were doing. And I was impressed, you know, for the number, you know, we had, Mm -hmm. we've been giving this out, you know, for a few weeks to our friends that are uh, in the fantasy football league with us. So the fact that we had a few more than just the fantasy football league was encouraging to me. And I looked and it said two international listeners from Belgium.
0: And I was Mm -hmm. like, well,
1: you know what that means? My <laughs> World Cup talk is resonating with the folks of the world. <laughs> That's the only <laughs> the thing. The people. What do you call the people from
0: Belgium? Are they like Belsh? What? Belginians? I don't, I don't know. I think they're just Belgian. I think. We're we're
1: just going to call them the Belsh people. I like it, the Belsh. And uh, hopefully, <laughs> if. if uh, if they were offended by that, we will have two fewer downloads next week. <laughs> yeah.
0: Next week, it's we all- may not be the international podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah. And so uh, not only are we an international podcast, but we're a podcast that goes on the road. Rusty is recording from his home in Murrells Inlet, South Carolina. But I have decided to come track down all the loose ends in the Dion Sanders story. And I'm recording from a hotel room in Ridgeland, Mississippi.
0: hmm yeah, when we found out about Dion leaving, Drew just could not wait to get down there to find out what the scoop on the ground was. You know, there's a lot of videos and some upset people, and Drew had to go get what word on the street was. So, what you what you hearing down there?
1: Yeah, I, up until we started the podcast, I did not consider myself an investigative reporter, but now I feel like I have a duty to all of our listeners to, to get to the bottom of this and to, to see what's going on here and the uh the the metro uh the metropolitan area of Mississippi and uh <laughs> I'll be honest with you um I've been down here for about 24 hours now and uh, nobody has mentioned the word Deion Sanders to me yet <laughs> so uh maybe it's just not resonating where I'm going
0: <laughs> yeah you need to broaden your circle keep digging man you never know what you'll turn up in Jackson yeah. we we'll, we'll
1: ask around at the restaurant tonight and we'll keep everybody posted on our social channels
0: yeah. Absolutely. And if we, uh, we get any more breaking news, we can do a, a weekend special Dion tracker Dion update and let y'all know what the, what the vibe is after he left. Well, wouldn't that be
1: something for us to, uh, to break something, uh, just based on a work trip to Jackson in uh, <laughs> our first month of podcasting. Yeah.
0: I how you get famous, man. You get those hot scoops, <laughs> you know, you find out who that next Jackson state coach is. And next thing you know, you're right next to Dave Portnoy and, uh, those guys.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, I uh I didn't get into the podcast game to get rich or famous, but I'll take either.
0: <laughs> That's it, man. <laughs> yeah, I had a I had a patient this week, uh, asked him how he was, and he said, you know, I would have rather been born rich than handsome, but here I am. And so <laughs> hopefully your podcast can get us to that. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah.
0: So uh well, let's get into it this
1: week. Um uh, one thing that we were talking about earlier, and we're gonna We're going to get to sports, you know, that is, we are a sports podcast, but, and we will get there, but we were talking off the air earlier uh, about Christmas and how the, I don't know if it's because I've got kids now, but it, I'm no longer a wait till after Thanksgiving for Christmas type guy. I don't know if it's, if it's being Santa Claus or what it is, but. Around the middle of November I start getting that itch and the lights mm. are going up on the on this uh outside of the house and we're going to get the Christmas trees down and and then I'll I will stomach Christmas music starting then. And mm. then about this time is where I'm initiating the Christmas music. Nice. And uh, and so we just wanted to take a few minutes. Rusty, I was curious. Um
0: When it comes to Christmas music, what's what's your what's your jam? Do you have one? So I got a couple. Uh, It depends on what's going on. You know, I uh, am kind of the opposite. I am a uh, I just got my Christmas tree put up last night. All the lights on it. It's decorated. You know, here we are December the 7th after Thanksgiving.
1: Nineteen days till Christmas and you are ABC family is already doing the 25 days of Christmas and well into it when rusty gets his tree
0: up absolutely man uh (laughs) better late than never right but i got to put up last night i don't play a ton of christmas music in the clinic until a little bit closer to christmas but i do have a few songs and uh uh, I think the first one, especially like it's great for a nightcap, you know, you get home from a busy day at work, you pour yourself a little brown liquor, get settled into your robe, maybe get a little pipe going and have yourself a merry wow. little Christmas by Frank Sinatra is probably one of my favorite, just easy listening Christmas songs. Just a classic. Yeah, I
1: mean, you really set yourself up for a, a 1960s home there with your robe and cigar yeah. and brown water.
0: <laughs> that's what i was going for man that's the that's yeah. the vibe of, the, of that song so just trying to set the set the vision for our, our, our audience on spotify like <laughs>
1: i've I've heard of mood setting music but i didn't i didn't picture uh have yourself a merry little christmas to be that but go by all means
0: this is <laughs> yeah, your man. list yeah uh number two frosty the snowman but uh specifically by the king himself george Strait. uh can't go wrong with the king of country music very classic traditional just fun Christmas song uh Frosty is one that takes me back to my childhood and uh always enjoyed that song yeah a um, couple more uh Run Run Rudolph by Chuck Berry. up upbeat, a yeah. uh, nice little beat to it and I always think about the scene in Home Alone where they're running through the airport trying to catch the flight <laughs> and, uh, before they realize how terrible appearance they are uh leaving poor Kevin McAllister at the Chicago airport which Brings up the other question, like what did his dad do to be able to afford that house and a vacation for what nine, twelve people to Paris? Like, miss my calling, hey, whatever that was. It's you
1: know, there's a whole there's a whole side of life that I just will never be able to compute.
0: Yeah. That's a that's a tax bracket I don't understand, but yeah. Anyway, rounding out my top five are Carol of the Bells by Trans-Siberian Orchestra. That just just slaps, man. It's a good beat.
1: It's on my list. It's it's on my list. Yeah. It is. It's a banger,
0: let me tell you. Absolutely, man. And uh, it's what we play when we work out at the gym for our Christmas workouts. It's a great song to listen to. And then finally, um, went with a little comedic value for my last one. It's nostalgic because my dad and I had the cassette tape in his 1994 Ford Ranger. I know it's before your time, Drew um uh the redneck 12 days of christmas by jeff foxworthy just a classic yeah. funny christmas song uh one of my favorites it takes me back to being with my dad so yeah it's my top five christmas song
1: Yeah, that's uh we shared on uh um carol the bells when i was in high school when i moved to uh, a different school my junior and senior year i jumped into the chorus and if you know me i'm not a singer um, <laughs> nope <laughs> I have played music, but singing it is not, it's not my thing. And the chorus class uh, for Christmas, we did Carol the Bells and we had so much fun doing that because we would go around the hallways and like me and all my buddies who didn't sing, who just joined Mm -hmm. the class for fun, just got to yell nonsense for like (laughs) four minutes.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: We just, basically our job was to go ding. (laughs) Dong. Yeah, you can imagine it got off the it got off the rails quick, but we had a fun time. Um, you you listed five songs, but you didn't list the goat of Christmas songs, and it is all I want for Christmas is you by Mariah Carey.
0: (laughs) It's the reason.
1: (laughs) We were in the mall shopping on Saturday. I mean on Sunday. My wife and I's anniversary was Sunday, and so we went did some Christmas shopping, and I kid you not, every single store we went into, All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Cannon was playing, Absolutely. and it never got old. Mm. It never got old. It's it's solid. It makes her millions of dollars every year, and she's earned it.
2: Mm.
1: Uh, I have nothing more to say other than it's perfection when it comes to Christmas music. It's um, something. <laughs> yeah. Another one, um, Where Are You Christmas from the mm. Grinch. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's you know, the best country music is sad country music. Mm-hmm. And this is like in that vein. And yeah. I don't know why. A lot of this stuff with Christmas music, I can't tell you why I like it. Yeah. I just like it. Fair. That's you know? fair. Yeah. Um, rocking around the Christmas tree. Sorry, yeah. I'm not over here. Uh, <laughs> rocking around the Christmas tree. And you... <laughs> you were talking about comedic comedic value i remember when i was a kid larry the cable guy was huge and he did his redneck christmas jingles yeah. like uh, uh hark the hair lift angel sing and
2: you know, <laughs> violent
1: parts. it's stupid it's cheesy i don't care i don't care <laughs> i laughed then and if you made me laugh as a kid that automatically translates to an adult i don't grow Absolutely. out of things that i thought were funny yeah. yeah you can add to this list uh santa claus is watching you by ray yep. stevens
0: by uh, ray stevens Yep.
1: yeah Followed. if you haven't heard that one go give it yeah. a spin mm-hmm. uh it's a christmas tradition in our house that we my grandmother had the vhs of all of the ray stevens yes. tracks and music yeah. videos, and yeah. we spun those at thanksgiving uh to start off the christmas year and uh all of them the streak mm-hmm. Mm. Mississippi Squirrel Revival.
0: Be again Margaret.
1: It's it's a 10 out of 10. Yeah. And um Classic. I would absolutely recommend that. Get on YouTube and watch that if you haven't yet. Mhm. So, Rusty take, take us to uh to take us to some sports now.
0: Yeah, so uh we're going to start adding in a little segment uh, on just some breaking news uh in the sports world these last couple of days. So, da-da-da, um, da-da-da. That's right. You know that tone when it goes off on your phone. <laughs> um,
1: it, it always makes that noise when you don't need the phone to be making any noise.
0: Absolutely. It's always when you forget to put it on silent in church or at the doctor's office or wherever you are. That thing will ring out, man. Never fails. Um, but today's first breaking news hits home for a couple of us as uh, Titans fans. Uh, it looks like a couple things. Um, first of all, Amy Adams shrunk, fired John Robinson, GM for the Tennessee Titans. Um Interesting timing, you know. It's kind of mid-season, coming off of an ugly loss to a, I mean, a good Eagles team. You know, I don't know. Had AJ Brown not been the major culprit in that, uh, Drew, if you remember, he was a draft night trade that Mike oh, Vrabel was not a fan of. Um, if you've seen the video, he gets up and storms off when the trade comes through because he had just said the Tuesday before that as long as he was the coach, he was the coach of the Tennessee Titans, AJ Brown would be a Titan. Well, right. John Robinson made sure that that didn't happen anyway. A.J. absolutely torched the Titans this weekend. Um, you know, he's been the GM now for seven years, probably one of the best GMs the Titans have ever had. Uh, seven solid years, you know, drafted Derrick Henry, Jeff Simmons, Kevin Bayer, like some good pickups. But, you know, uh, took a couple of risks, um, trying out Julio Jones, Bud Dupree didn't work out. You know, Bud's going to get cut at the end of the year, tried Dick Beasley. Those didn't work. And then just a big whiff, man, with AJ, trading AJ Brown, thinking a, a rookie rec- receiver would replicate his production. And all AJ's done is gone on to have a, a career year in Philly. So uh, I think yeah. uh, after the press conference on Tuesday, Mike Vrabel uh, marched into Amy Adams Strunk's office and said, it's either me or, or, or Robinson. I can't build a winning football team. And big shout out to Amy Adams Strunk for showing some uh, some stones, man. She uh, she made a very strong statement that she's behind one of the best coaches in the league and Mike Vrabel. And let John Robinson walk. I think it was a it was a power move. It was a good move. Um, but breaking news: John Robinson is out in Tennessee.
1: Yeah, I was I was telling our buddy Zach yesterday uh, on my drive up that uh, well, first off, to call me a Titans fan is being probably would be insulting to like true Titans fans. I'm i <laughs> I'm a Saints fan from birth. I've struggled. I'm re- ultimately I do pull for the Titans. And if I'm being honest, my fandom for the Titans took a hit when they did trade A.J. Brown on draft night because I am a massive A.J. Brown fan from his time at Ole Miss. He left uh, the dark side. He left Starkville, Mississippi, and chose Ole Miss, and he was incredible while he was here. Mm -hmm. And when he got picked up by what is the most local of teams for us uh, in North Mississippi, the Titans, it did... I tuned in and they were they were must watch for me because he was incredible and he still is incredible. And Mm -hmm. what I told Zach yesterday was that to me, the firing of a GM at this point of the year did seem very. I don't want to say emotional, but it was very reactionary. Uh, You just don't see many GMs fired at this time of the year Mm -hmm. and for it to. Happen the way it did with playing. Philadelphia at Philadelphia and A.J. Brown catching three touchdowns against you. And then I don't know if you saw the clip, but all the Eagles fans turning around and yelling at the owner's box or at the owners in the owner's box, uh, just basically thanking them for trading A.J. Brown to them. It was humiliating. And in the GM there. He hasn't been bad. Like you said, yeah. he's made good moves, especially on defense. Uh, the one you didn't mention was Harold Landry, who was incredible. Oh,
2: yeah, huge kid. Um, yeah.
1: And they've always been good, but they've mm. never – last year they were the number one seed. But to me personally, they never felt like they – they would need to play perfect and mm-hmm. have to have a team like Kansas City or the Bengals, who they ended up losing to in the playoffs. They would have to not play their best. They were the mm-hmm. one seed, but they were not the best team in the a- AFC. Right. And then you, from that team that was the number one seed that that lost out to the, um, the eventual Super Bowl runners-up, to take that team and to subtract the best player – And then ask a coach to say, okay, well, you know, this is your team now. And you didn't really get anything back. I think Mm -hmm. they may have gotten one more pick. uh, And then Traylon Burks, who I love Traylon Burks. But Mm -hmm. to ask any rookie receiver to be A.J. Brown and to be a number one, it just was never going to happen this year. And so I understand that Vrabel was frustrated. It was embarrassing, mm-hmm. and maybe it shouldn't be a reactionary business, but props to the owner of the Titans for making a move for the future because yeah. a lot of times in these small market, you know, I know the NFL does have a salary cap, and so you've got to be smart with how you mortgage your roster mm-hmm. yeah. and and to pay mm-hmm. AJ Brown stupid money does mean that you're going to lose on other positions. But you're looking – if you look down the the standings of the NFL, every one of these teams that are competing have stud receivers. Mm-hmm. It's no longer – you need a running game-ish,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but it is a receiver's league, and it's a quarterback's league. Mm-hmm. And your quarterback is fine, but he's really bad without weapons.
2: Right. You know, he he, he's not Aaron Rodgers.
1: Yeah, he's not Aaron Rodgers who can elevate all ships. But he's you're gonna have to have somebody there for him to throw the ball to. And the weapons on the outside are just not there. And, yes. you know, you said that Bud Dupree will get bought out. is gonna get bought out. So they're at Good. a crossroads going into this next offseason to where they can either they can let Malik Willis and they've got they don't have a lot of draft capital in him, so they can let right. him kind of see what he's worth but they don't feel with a fourth round pick i think he was a fourth round pick Mm -hmm. um you don't have that draft equity in him to where you feel like you've got to stick with him too so Mm -hmm. shoot right now i mean i think next year you go in it and give him a shot but then go and see go and try and, and make those moves to try to get you competitive with the top ten, the top tier. You're gonna have to be a little risky, and
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I'm all for teams that are on the cusp of, you know, on that 500 line or you know, <laughs> seven, eight, six, seven, eight seeds to to do what you got to do, push all your chips in. Yeah.
0: You know. You know, and, and Drew, like you're right. You know, he he made some good decisions, but the other thing that's gonna hurt. AJ was, first of all, AJ was the second best player on that team. It's still King Henry's team. And, you know, he, he missed on Isaiah Wilson from that that tackle out of Georgia that was just so bad and lazy, and he had injury issues, and we knew that and still drafted him anyway, and he's done nothing to improve the offensive line. You know, Taylor Lewan will be gone at the end of the year. He's another contract that will get bought out, and you just don't have a solid left tackle. And without that protection, like you said, Ryan Tannehill is a fine quarterback, but he's not going to go out and win you any games, especially not without a number one. And like, who are we going to go get now? I mean, like you said, it's a receivers league. Everybody's, you know, tied up and locked down. It's just, it's some, it's some bad. Unfortunately, I think, I think it's more of a power move by Mike Vrabel than it was a reactionary move by the brass, you know, stepping up saying, this is my team. I'm one of the best coaches in the NFL and you're handicapping me with this current structure. And then number two it's a what have you done for me lately, League? Like he's made some great draft picks in the past, but the last two or three years in the draft and trades and, and again letting AJ Walt just some bonehead decisions and they were risks, they just but they just didn't pan out.
1: And Vrabel probably had the clout to do that now because yeah. I don't know if you've seen the names about oh, yeah. the rumors swirling. You know, we talked last week about Ryan Day at Ohio State, and if they don't
2: mm-hmm.
1: there's a lot of fans that are wanting him out, you know, that yeah, you know maybe he's a good coach, but maybe he was born on third base thinking he hit a triple, you know. And if that's the case, Brable's the Ohio State guy, you know. He could be an easy sell to that fan base. If you want to get rid of of Day, then let's go get this guy, and it could Mm -hmm. make that transition easier, make that move easier for Ohio State. And so, given that, you know, maybe the owner – thought this, you know, kill two birds with one stone, you know, you make him happy and you also kind of get, you know, earn his trust, you know, Mm -hmm. to stay. Because if if this thing kept going the wrong way where he didn't agree with moves and it makes it a lot easier for him to go take a step into the college area and see how he can do there.
0: Where they will worship him, the pressure, even like Ohio State, the pressure is a little less than NFL. It's close, but it's a little less um and an opportunity for him to go take over a good football team i think he would have just excelled so i guarantee you ohio state came up in that conversation at some point but but anyway So that's first breaking news Uh, a couple injury um updates from the nfl von miller had surgery for a little torn acl uh it's going to be on the shelf for the rest of the year it's going to change a little bit of that buffalo pass rush
1: yeah defense is still good without him but um and Vaughn Miller's one of those guys, I'm pretty sure he's bionic, too, because he's torn an ACL before, and he's – nobody – for me, personally, I never really think – that like, eventually he's going to take a step down, but he hasn't yet, so maybe he Mm -hmm. comes back and he's just as good next year. But it's a blow for that pass rush because he is Mm -hmm. still elite. Oh, yeah. I mean, he is a game-changer at defensive end Mm -hmm. if he's healthy, and so they're going to have to figure out a way to get to the quarterback now without him.
0: Yep. Uh, Jimmy G avoided surgery. He did not have the dreaded Liz Frank injury. It looks like just a midfoot just injury. So thankfully he's avoided surgery. There's a slight chance he could come back for a late playoff run for San Fran, but uh for now it looks like his season's over. And we're officially gonna see uh what happens with him in the off season. You know, they got Trey Lance that's gonna take over this year. Oh no, it's Brock no, Purdy. the Brock, Brock Purdy Pertie show Pertie. right now. That's right. Maybe yeah. the Iowa State all-time passing leader. <laughs> right. He was Mr. First Mr. Irrelevant to throw for a touchdown uh, in the NFL. And so we'll see how how deep he can take that team. But curious if this it's a doesn't real shame.
1: Change. It's a real shame because you know who should have been the first Mr. Irrelevant. Don't say it. If that yeah. vacuum cleaner hose didn't get swung, <laughs> Chad Kelly would have been
0: machine gun Kelly, man. <laughs>
1: you you're talking about you know how lives have changed based on that. You gotta think yeah. Denver's probably coming off of a Super Bowl, and Chad's getting a a massive, massive, massive extension. And Russell Wilson's still in Seattle. If he don't walk into a strange town, get whooped with a with a
0: vacuum cleaner hose. (laughs) Moving right along. uh, Speaking (laughs) of of bad quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield is now a Los Angeles Ram. With uh, Matt Stafford still on the shelf, I think they're they don't think he's going to be ready in time for this weekend. But looks like Baker's going to get a shot in L.A. Yeah.
1: I've always, I think I'm one of the last folks that are on the Baker train. You know, I, I haven't jumped ship on him. I hadn't jumped ship on him before this season. Uh, yeah. He's been unquestionably bad this year. So bad. Uh, I thought, I thought in Cleveland he probably got wrapped up with, um, he got, they had to choose between him and Odell. And mm-hmm. somehow they, both of them got shipped off, you yeah. know, um, it's all in perspective on and what you expect out of Baker. Uh Baker is he's always been a vocal leader and he was somebody that if you're on a good team that resonates and he can inspire people to follow him.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He's not a Super Bowl winning quarterback on his own. You know, like we were yeah. saying with Tannehill, like they're fine. They're good, but he's got that charisma that could lead a locker room. Mm-hmm. However, if that team is bad, like he's also going to be the guy that's the first one to get punched because yeah. he is abrasive, and right. if it's going the wrong way, it doesn't work as well, and what he's been in is he's been – Carolina was a dumpster fire this year. Still I is. Mean, Yeah, they were, they fired their coach midseason. Uh, he, the coach lost the locker room. Baker came in and everybody thought he'd be fine. You know, it turned out he was awful. And he's going to another dumpster fire, really. Uh, the Rams won the Super Bowl last year. Man, they have been partying ever since. (laughs) They, 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 they have taken the flyer on this whole season.
0: Just they pulled a Mississippi bad. State baseball and just checked out for the following whole year just to enjoy that victory lap.
1: <laughs> yeah, man.
0: I hope you yeah. all enjoyed it. because yeah. <laughs> Anyway, again, moving right along, uh, <laughs> wrapping up with our news, a uh, little news coming out of college football today. The giant killer Jeff Brom has uh, turned a job at Western Kentucky into a pretty good stint at Purdue. Uh, is now heading to the ACC, going to coach the Louisville Cardinals. I think this is a solid move for both parties. He's a Louisville grad, uh, spent some time there as a GA. I think uh, it's an opportunity for him to go home. And, I mean, the proof's in the pudding. You know, he he made Purdue that team, that the Big Ten, that everybody kind of double-checked on their schedule as giant killers. So, I I think it's a good move for both parties.
1: Yeah, I mean, you looked in at the uh, Big Ten championship game last Saturday, and – uh, you saw Michigan, who you know is really, really, really good, mm-hmm. and you saw Purdue on the other side, it, and you weren't just like, well, that's a win. And it turned out to be uh, they handled them pretty easily, but mm-hmm. there's a track record there with Purdue. Mm-hmm. That they were yep. always yep. going to get your best shot. They were able to circle a football game and say, "We're going. this is the one that we mm-hmm. care about and that we're yep. going to uh, make known. And Jeff Braum – single-handedly keeping the XFL alive. Yep. <laughs> uh, for,
2: for,
1: former quarterback in the XFL. Yep. Uh, every, I'm sure you've seen it. If you haven't watched it, get on YouTube. Watch the hit that he took in the yeah. XFL, yeah. and he got right back up, got got the reporter's mic, so let's play football.
2: Yeah.
1: So, bringing some grit and, you know <laughs> – so, it's a fit. He was really, really good at Western Kentucky mm-hmm. uh, before he got that Purdue job. Yeah. I know that he was, he was who I wanted Ole Miss to hire uh, mm-hmm. when he went to. Uh, uh, I guess that was Luke, and they went to Luke, got emotional and went to Luke and said mm-hmm. uh, that year that he took the Purdue job. So I think it yeah. will be fine. Yeah, and he they kind of I feel like they stumbled upward because Satterfield has not been good. Mm-hmm. At Louisville, and he took mm-hmm. that Cincinnati job. Yeah. Uh, you know, Scott Satterfield started at App State, and he kind of built App State back up. And uh, m- they're the new Arkansas State, I guess, because you got mm-hmm. Satterfield left and went to uh, <laughs> Louisville, and then next was Drinkwitz, who after a year went to Missouri. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I, maybe everybody got better. I'm I'm not sure, but I like Louisville's higher for sure.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think it's a it's a good uh it's a good move for the direction of that program. But uh speaking of college football, we're gonna spend some time talking about bowls a little bit. Um so we're gonna do some weekly previews coming up of the bowl games that are coming up. And uh Drew, I know you got a hot take on bowl games, man. Go ahead and uh go ahead and lay that on us before we dive into the college football, whether we think they got the playoff, whether they think it got it right or not.
1: Well, my gripe is not with the college football playoff, uh except for kind of how it Affected the rest of it. And it's only mm-hmm. going to get worse. Mm-hmm. Because well, Overarching, I think bowl games are wholly bore, more boring now. Like, I can't get hyped up for a Cotton Bowl that just means that this was the next two teams that didn't get into the playoff. And the reason why is because those teams, every time you get one of those, like, for instance, in the Sugar Bowl this year, you've got Alabama and Kansas state. And when you have situations like this, Alabama is not going to care. Kansas state is going to run them and given now McCaffrey started it with the whole opting out and teams like Alabama that recruit these and have these huge draft day presences uh, for the NFL draft, these guys just aren't going to play. And so, Given the fact that you've got four teams that are competing, which I think the playoff is great. I think it; those three games are bowl season for me <laughs> because the rest of them I just don't care about. Uh, right. The uh, the the two New Year's Eve games, the playoff games, Michigan and um, TCU, Ohio State, Georgia. Those are great games. I will tune into them. I'm going to be invested. I'm I'm actively looking forward to them. But the rest of them, it's just – the bowl games have just become an opt-out fest. And good for the kids, you know, if you feel like you're risking a, a huge payday by playing in a meaningless game, then, you know, do your thing. You know, I don't blame you for making a business decision. But that's what these bowl games have become now is they're just business decisions. And no. – I don't necessarily
0: disagree. Uh I hate a lot of the opt-outs. I agree. I think the um you know I think the two games are, you know, the Alabama K-State game, I think the Tennessee Clemson games going to be very similar with the transfers that are happening out of Clemson. Um and motivation is key. Like K-State's their first uh, New Year's Six since 2013. They're going to want to make a statement against Alabama. It's not going to be your traditional Alabama game, although Nick Saban traditionally doesn't lose on regardless of whether you know it's a bowl game or not they beat the crap out of Michigan state in a bowl game not too long ago that wasn't a championship game.
1: Well, that um, was the first round of a playoff game, but uh, no, no, no. They
0: they they played them uh, after the 2010 season when they didn't make the championship and they beat okay. the crap out of them in a bowl game. So it happens. I agree. But then you've got smaller games. We're going to talk about a couple in a minute. One of the ones I want to watch, like I think Western Kentucky South Alabama, will be a very entertaining game. I'll get get to that in a minute. But you can get some opportunity for some teams like that for some showcase. So I don't necessarily hate bowl season. For, it's just bowl season.
1: Um, Ball season is important for those teams, I guess. Mm -hmm. But, like, I just don't – I don't know. I feel like an old curmudgeon a little bit. But, like, it's hard for me to get excited about – I'll just be personal with Ole Miss. I'll just talk about Ole Miss. and uh, If you want to talk about that ball game first, I know it's on your list. Yeah, that's fine. Go ahead. We'll just start with that. Ole Miss started the season hot. They finished cold. And then – You've got these hopes of being, you know, an access bowl, maybe backdooring into the uh, playoff if you win your last three games, which, you know, we've talked about this. It just kind of went sideways for the whole team. But then you tell me that we're playing Texas Tech in the Texas Bowl, and I just I couldn't be less inspired about it. Like, I'll get there. I'll watch it. It'll be a bowl game. It'll be my last chance to watch Ole Miss until next Labor Day. And I'll watch it. But man, it's just, it's not there for me. Like, and, and when the playoff eventually expands to 12 teams, it's going to be even worse because it's going to take out the importance of regular season games. Like, we've mm-hmm. killed the bowl games uh, because of, you know, opt outs and, and teams just, it, it's all about what team gets motivated to play, Mm -hmm. which team cares. Mm -hmm. And, and then you go to 12 teams and now you don't even care. Nine and three team out of the SEC West is going to make the playoff every year. So you don't, it it takes that gravity out of every single game that, that was so great about college football in the BCS era when there was only two teams. But even Mm -hmm. now, you know, with a, a four-team playoff, it just—it just seems like it's kind of just taking the air out of the bowl season.
0: I can see that when you—you you know, when when the team you root for is in such a such a pitiful bowl, I can see that Um where that well, takes well, out some motivation. Well, sort of <laughs> so, the next.
1: quick cr- trivia question: What is ReliaQuest?
0: It's the former Outback Bowl. I know that. Oh,
1: okay.
0: oh. <laughs> uh, it used to be the Outback Bowl. It's played in Raymond James. Uh, yeah, we'll just kind of transition there. I mean, I hear you. It does. It's tough in some of those non-bowl games. I think 12 teams is going to be great for college football. We'll kind of get into some of that here in a few minutes, but I think there's a lot of good that's going to come out of that. Um, but I can, I see your point. Uh, it's a fair point. But yeah, uh, Mississippi State's got a fairly tough draw in the Relia Quest Bowl. Uh, playing one of our good buddy, uh, Lauren Massey's favorite college football team, the Fighting Illini from Illinois. Uh, Illinois is kind of like Ole Miss, man. They started hot. They were five and one, and then limped to the finish line three and three over their last six. Uh, Both of us are sitting at eight and four. Uh, It's a bit of a rematch of some sorts. Uh, One of your favorite all-time SEC head coaches uh, is the current headmaster at Illinois, uh, Brett Now Belima. And I know, uh, Belima, I know you're excited to get him in Know you're excited to get him back in a in a football game.
1: <laughs> well, don't get don't get me wrong. Um, he had Ole Miss his number when he's in Arkansas, but I am 100% for him <laughs> he's in the, the uh, bell, man. <laughs> uh, hold on the uh Quest Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and you know I can't even root for Mississippi State for a free blooming onion anymore. Like, what's the point? Like, <laughs> yeah. I. Th- I you know, at least if State won this game last year, maybe they got a blooming – I got, could go get a free blooming onion. But now what do I get, like a home loan yeah. quote or something? Yeah. This is garbage. Nobody yeah. cares about this game except for State fans and Illinois fans because what – I mean –
0: yeah. Who I mean, it's, it, you know, it's it'll be a good game. Illinois' defense is good. They're one of the best in the Big Ten, but they hadn't played an SEC offense, all that. I think it'll be a good game. It's just – it's fun, extra football. I mean, like you said, it's my last chance to watch the dogs till Labor Day, so I'm not going to be a curmudgeon. Clint Eastwood snarling, get off my lawn face. I want to enjoy some college football while we got it.
1: Oh, I'll, I'll enjoy it. You know, yeah. uh, what, what do Alana fans chant? I got to come up with that. I don't know I'm about that. To... Ili or something. I don't. I don't
2: know. But anyways, I'll way. talk
1: with Lauren. Uh, we'll get matching jerseys or something. I'll shave <laughs> my head to match him. Uh, yeah. And uh, we'll root for the Illini together. Uh,
0: yeah. On that game. Yeah. You know, and a couple more bowl games. You know, I'm kind of excited to watch. Uh, I think the South Carolina Notre Dame bowl game. Talk about two motivated teams. You know, both of them started off the season really poorly. Uh, but finished hot, man. Notre, Notre Dame right of the ship under uh, first-year coach Marcus Freeman, four and one of their last five, and their only loss was to USC uh, by nine points. Who finished in the top ten. They beat Clemson like a drum, and then we all know what South Carolina did. We've talked about it on this podcast a few times. You know, Spencer Rattler finally looked good. Um, They're one of their tight ends entered the transfer portal though, Austin Stogner. Not that he was getting a ton of minutes, but uh, he came with Spencer Rattler from Oklahoma. But I think this could be a good football team to, or football game. Two hot teams. Uh, looking to go out on a on a win. Uh, that's the Gator Bowl. Yeah. I think that could be a good game.
1: Is that in Tallahassee? Where, where's the Gator know. Bowl? Uh, is that or maybe it's Orlando. I think it's Orlando. Either way. the nope. Whoever. Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Okay. Whoever made that decision and won that bidding war to get South Carolina to the Gator Bowl is the MVP because they're going to drink that city dry.
0: Absolutely. Uh, and it's only like three hours from here.
1: Yeah, and so you're talking about motivation being the key factor in who wins and loses bowl games. Yeah. There is no more motivated fan base than South Carolina right now. And yeah. Notre Dame, they mm-hmm. righted the ship after a week one loss to Marshall, and um, they're fine. Mm-hmm. Again, uh, I'll be rooting for South Carolina. I think Absolutely. it's fun. I think mm-hmm. they are they're fun, and, you know, Notre Dame still is the entrenched elite, you know, mm-hmm. that everybody likes to root against. And I'm yeah. I'm part of everybody.
0: Yeah, same man. I'm I'm all in on, on the Cox, man. So uh, Shane Beam, go get a win for the SEC there. Uh the next one is a, another rivalry renewed a little bit. Uh Florida State, Oklahoma in the cheez it bowl. Uh Florida State's playing uh, Brett Venables, who uh, had their number at Clemson. Uh but Oklahoma's not the same team as those Clemson teams. They've just they've been inconsistent. They're just they're just They're not a great football team. I think they've got potential because they've shown up in some games and then they've been really flat in others. And I like what Mike Norvell is doing in Tallahassee. I think Florida state is, is pointed back in the direction of uh, those glory days back when Bobby Bowen was there. They're not there, but they're heading that way. Um, I think this will be a a good football game, but, uh, one that I think Florida state can win again, because the motivation is there to continue the momentum that they have.
1: Right. And, uh, Oklahoma is in a weird year. Lincoln Riley left that cupboard bare because he Mm. cleaned out his house and put every player that he wanted in his U-Haul with him when he (laughs) headed out to L.A. And so I'll give Venables a little bit. Now, it's going to suck for him because not long after, he doesn't get a chance to really rebuild before he gets to the SEC. It can't be a long-term rebuild, you know. but props to Florida State for sticking with Norvale, though, because yeah. Florida State fans are Class A lunatics, and they were ready to fire him after year one. Yeah. And Norvell is just a good coach. He bi- he mm-hmm. continued to build a program that Fuente left in a pretty good spot at Memphis, and he yeah. took them another level up into a. Mm-hmm. Uh, they played in the – Cotton bowl, peach bowl, Eden, a, Eden, yes, either way, one of those access uh, bowls, the best, yeah, against one of those, uh, as the best group of five school, mm-hmm. and and that cupboard was bare too. Jimbo left that job at a bad, bad spot, mm-hmm. and so props for, to the administration for weathering the storm of those crazies in Tallahassee yep. to stick with him because he's going to turn it around now. Um, he was the guy that I would have wanted on Mr. Hire him if, uh if Lane had gone to Auburn, sure. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they finished second place to to Florida State for no, Norvell because it was, uh, Ole Miss went hard after him and Florida State went hard after him. And he chose Florida State, um, mm-hmm. and worked out for both parties. But I'd have given him another run if Ole Miss had another vacancy this year.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's getting higher for Florida State. I think he's got him heading the right direction. Um, uh, yeah, excited about that game. And then lastly, I, I mentioned it earlier, one of those under the radar, nobody cares about these teams. I get that, but, you know, they're formal, su- former Sunbelt rivals, uh, now different conferences, South Alabama and Western Kentucky and the New Orleans Bowl. Uh, South Alabama won five games last year, and then their next year, they're one of four group of five teams with 10-plus wins. So they went 10-2 and two this year. Um, there are two losses. They lost to UCLA by one point. And they lost to former or future conference champ Troy 10 to 6. Both of them early season losses, played some good football. Uh, Western Kentucky, man, they throw the football all over the place. It's in a dome, it's on turf. There's a lot of speed there. I think this game could be a, a high scoring, fun kind of game. This is definitely one that I'm going to tune into.
1: Yeah. And the really, the only thing I can add to this, because I don't know anything about either of these teams, other than the fact uh, in his first season as head coach, uh, Kane Womack at South Alabama has done a great, great job. Absolutely. And he, he was a former Ole Miss assistant mm. and the son of uh, uh, Dave Womack, the mm-hmm. offensive coordinator at Ole Miss. Yeah. And um, that under freeze that was, you know, had that lightning offense with, with uh, yeah. Chad Kelly. Mm. And so <laughs> well, uh, him Kelly.
0: <laughs> all roads lead back to swag, man. Get out of here. All right, Drew, we've talked about the bowls for a little bit. Um, I kind of want to get your take. We've talked about it a little bit, uh, but I think this is always an interesting exercise just to see what we think it would look like if the 12-team playoff started this year. So for reminder, uh, it'll look a little different than what the playoff looks like because what they do is they're going to take the six highest rated conference champs and then the six highest rated at-large teams. So like you said, it could be some extra SEC schools. Uh, based on this year's, there would have actually been three SEC in the top 12 uh, taken into the college football playoff. Um, so we'll kind of dive right into it. Um, first game up, Tennessee, Kansas State. I think it's an interesting matchup between a solid Tennessee offense that scores points by the bunches and a stubborn Kansas State defense that played good football that stepped up when they needed um, and, and beat TCU. So what your take? what's your take, Drew?
1: Um, Out of those games, the first round games we've looked at uh, between Tennessee, the first round would be Tennessee, Kansas State, and then TCU versus Tulane, Ohio State versus Penn State, and Alabama versus USC. That was the game that I thought would have been most exciting. Yeah. Now, Tennessee has Joe Milton, and he would be their quarterback in this situation.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That would be fun. Um mm-hmm. uh, I love a scrappy team. TCU. It, it's funny that TCU and Kansas State were playing each other for um, the Big 12 championship because I kind of always those teams have always been the teams that have upset the apple cart in the Big 12. Yeah. When it when it gets upset, yep. those are the two teams. Yep. Uh, Colin Klein. I don't know, you remember yeah. Colin Klein? <laughs> yes,
2: absolutely. Those
1: Kansas State teams were so much really? fun, and the yeah. TCU teams, the the 2014 TCU team that uh won the Big 12 55 mm-hmm, to 3 mm-hmm. over yeah. Iowa, over Iowa State only to get left out of the playoff. Yeah. Uh and then I remember this because then they went to the Peach Bowl and just beat the air living crap out of Ole Miss. Yeah.
2: 42 they Two to
1: three. <laughs> drubbed Ole Miss because they yeah. were pissed. Talking about motivation, they were yeah. pissed. <laughs> um, and so I always I root for those teams. Um uh, mm-hmm. I want. I like seeing those teams get a shot at it, and it's mm-hmm. the reason why I'm glad that the playoff committee left TCU in at three, because yeah. that was a war, and the the loser of that game was not. No. Should not have been dropped.
0: No. And, I agree.
1: And if anything, Kansas State showed it.
0: <laughs> Man, they were the real they, deal too. They, they got just, some moxie, man. They, 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 that goal line stand where they stop. I mean, for, for some reason, TCU decided that they weren't going to run with Mac, with Duggan anymore, who had taken them all the way down the field and tried yeah. to bring it off to the running back. That had been stopped all night. Um, but yeah. big goal line stand there by that defense, man. That was fun to watch. Yeah.
1: Um, so yeah, that would be a fun game. The next one on the list, uh, you've got your token, um, uh, group of five school and two lane versus TCU. Um, Again, I like that matchup better than I would have liked uh, Tulane versus Michigan. You know, yeah. it'd be, be fun. Sure. Uh, yeah. Willie Fritz is going to stick around and see how yeah. far he can take this thing and see what kind of job. He wasn't too thrilled, I guess, with the Georgia Tech jobs. He's going to stick around and see mm-hmm. what he can get next year. Uh, they're good.
0: Their defense is really good, man. They fly around. They they swarm to the football. Their quarterback is tough. I watched him play Cincinnati um in that last game of the year and it was just a it was just a brush just a street fight man and they they showed up played good football like you said man like tulane had been relevant since they were in the sec back in the 50s um and they went 10 and 2 this year played really well um you know solid football team i think they give tcu fits you know i think uh uh from our first game you know i think I, i don't know that kansas state could beat tennessee even with joe milton just because of the uh the uh the firepower in tennessee's offense but I wouldn't put it past Tulane to upset TCU. Uh, I I agree. I think that would probably be the second best game of all the games that we have.
1: And uh, to put a bow on Tulane, quite possibly, or absolutely, quite possibly the best uniform in college football. Quite, I mean, definitely top five, quite possibly the best. That pale blue they do with the Angry Wave logo on the helmet
0: is incredible. (laughs) Man, when uh, and that, that was kind of their throwback this year. They wore them all year long. They looked awesome, man. Big, big fan of that for sure. Uh, winner of that would get Utah uh, in the second round. But uh, other first-round game, Ohio State-Penn State. Penn State. We, we've seen this story. Man, we've seen this song and dance. Ohio State, Penn State, James Franklin gets to the big game, and then they just play out. I, just, I don't think Penn State would have a shot in this game. You know, Ohio State would be coming off of a Big Ten title game loss where they got embarrassed. And all the talk about Ryan Day, I think that they would come out and just absolutely mollywap Penn State. I just don't think this game will be close.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, you're probably right. Uh, I don't really have any. The I don't have any takes on Penn State other than I don't know how many years of eligibility uh, Sean Clifford has.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, yeah. It seems like he's been there for a decade.
0: Yeah. It's just like it's the same situation with uh, Stetson Bennett and uh Lamar Jackson. They're born the same year. Lamar Jackson won his Heisman, what was that, twenty sixteen? And he's been in the in the NFL and Stetson Bennett's still playing for Georgia. So like he's yeah, been there forever.
1: <laughs> I know it's they've been the punching bag this week, the uh the Heisman committee, whoever uh I guess yeah. they just take the highs so many um that was wild, man. Vote getters, but and it's not a shot at Stetson Bennett. I don't know that he should necessarily be the one that w- should fall into the sword. But Hinton Hooker did play ten yeah. games at a Heisman level. Uh, Absolutely. That, I I hated this. See, it seemed like it was short sight. It it lacked the uh, yeah. the admission the the full the grasp of the full season yeah. because you uh, you kind of just kind of forgot about him. Like okay, well he's yeah. he's there now. He's he's yeah. not playing anymore. So. But yeah. as a se- for the season as a whole, man, you got to give that dude his props. And yeah. he would have never won it, and obviously he didn't because he didn't. He also didn't finish in the top four in voting, but he should have been in there.
0: Yeah, I agree. But yeah, that's think all of the I was,
1: voters. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. Hendon Hooker was definitely the Heisman winner this year. He just he got hurt. You know, if he plays a twelve game season, I don't think it's close, even with their losses. Um, I don't think he's close man. I think he was the best player in college football for the 10 games he played.
1: Yeah, I mean if you uh you can't really take away one of the losses for Tennessee, but if you take Tennessee's 10 and 2 year and compare that to Caleb Williams' 10 and 2 year with that ugly loss to U- two losses to Utah mm-hmm. like that's close and yeah. Stetson Bennett was given a career achievement award by being invited. Um, yeah, he, yeah. He It was one of those things. It was, you know, he was never the best quarterback. He was never had the st- statistically the best quarterback. Uh, but he was given a career achievement award.
0: Yeah. He's not going to win it. it. He's he's going to be there. But uh, the pride of Jones Community College is going to be there. Uh, former Bobcat uh, got Hendon Hooker's invite when it shouldn't have been that way. But Anyway. Coming full circle, Ohio State, Penn State, winner would play Clemson. I, I think we both agree be Ohio State. And then finally, finally, Alabama-USC, again, just kind of a block game. Uh, Nick Saban always shows up uh, against USC. I think they played them twice and just beat the brakes off of them both times. And the winner of that game would get Michigan. No real hot take there, but I just don't think USC would have the firepower to keep up with Alabama.
1: Yeah, the winner would lose to Michigan,
0: whoever Absolutely. it
1: is. Um. Alabama's got holes. USC's got holes. I'd probably lean Alabama uh, mm-hmm. just because honestly, despite the fact that that Caleb Williams is going to win the Heisman, Bryce Young's the better quarterback. <laughs>
0: so, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And Nick Staben has them ready for those type games. And this is USC's first time. Nothing else. Just experience. Uh, right. I, yeah. I, that's, that's just kind of the uh, game. Yeah. All well, right.
1: Let's, uh, let's get into the some Grizzlies talk. Yeah. Uh, since the last pod, they're three and zero with some really fun wins, including a win on uh, Monday night against the Heat, in which I think they dressed maybe seven players. Yeah. There was no Jaw, obviously no Bain, obviously no, no trip. Zaire, Trip uh, sat out. I'm, no Conchar, no yeah. Laravia,
0: and <laughs> the Heat had two days of rest and their entire roster.
1: Yeah. And so they were in Memphis before Memphis was because yeah. Memphis was coming back from Detroit.
0: Yep.
1: And so they were in Memphis while Memphis was playing Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> so uh yeah, it was it was a it was a really, really fun win because yeah the heat the record doesn't show it this year. But mm-hmm. Kyle Lowry struggled, but they're a team that's built to last and they do yeah. it every year. They're physical. They wear you down and they peak at the right time. So uh, maybe an, a win versus an 11 and 12 heat team yeah. at your place doesn't look good right now. I promise it will.
0: It will. Because Absolutely. Jimmy
1: Butler is still that dude and and it's a solid win. And, yeah. Um, and honestly, it's a good matchup for the, for the Grizz too because the Grizz, um, the heat are small and so the Grizz mm. were – in a series, you would kind of like it a little bit better because better mm-hmm. we could go big. We didn't have that opportunity this time, right? Um, but it, it's a good. Yeah, it was a solid <laughs> win.
0: Solid win, like I said, that's a good roster. That's going to be a deep playoff team in the East again, like they were last year. You know, they're they're a good team, um, but I think it just it just highlighted our brass's intelligence and and his too. That and Tyus Stones Jones, man, twenty eight points, five rebounds, ten assists. Keeping him if it was one of, if not the best move in the offseason. Just, you know, sure enough, Jahl was a was a good one. Um, but uh, but man, keeping stones was a huge move because like it, it's a brilliant move for him because he's not good enough to be the guy, but he could probably start on eight or ten NBA teams, but he's got a great complimentary role to a superstar and he's gonna make a ton of money and then have games like he did against the Heat. Uh yeah, great game by Tyus. Man, he was fun to watch.
1: Yeah, and he said in that post game, he said, I feel like I am a starter. And the reason why – Grizz culture is a real thing.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I believe
1: we've touched on this. You look at some of the best teams of all time, and you look at the teams that you want to emulate, and the best example is the Spurs team because that's the team yeah. – that's that's where Taylor Jenkins cut his teeth. He's a pop yep. guy. Yep. He's a boon guy who was right under pop right. Uh, for the Spurs. They've built this team, and Zach Kleiman deserves a lot, a ton, if not all, the credit because you look at how he's managed the lower part of this lineup. You you don't have to worry about culture from the players that are in the rotation, Mm -hmm. but you worry about the culture by the guys who aren't playing if they can remain bought in and they're not being distractions. It's the guys at the end of the bench. And what Kleiman did is he's taken – uh, Tyus, and he's like, listen, you can go do your thing. We're going to take care of you. We yeah. they, The players trust him. He thought, we're going to take care of you, and we're going to give you this two-year deal, and we'll be honest with you. And they bought in, and
0: yeah. he did
1: the same thing with Kennedy Chandler. Kennedy Chandler, who slipped to the second round draft night, mm-hmm. former five-star, yeah. stud out of high school, had a yeah. great year. He slipped in the second round, and he could have been salty because he's looking there and I know that he looked and he saw that Tyus Jones is coming back for two years and he's now not the backup, but the third string.
0: Yeah. But what
1: did climbing do to get him to buy in? He gave the lo- largest contract to a second round pick in NBA history. <laughs> yeah. And he, you take care of your guys. You don't wor- You let the money take care of itself, but you take mm-hmm. care of them as people yep. and they buy into your culture. And, yeah. And you do that with the right guys who also fit basketball wise, yep. and you can you get what you're getting now. And yeah, it's two years in a row. Last year was not a fluke without John. Mm-hmm. That they were incredible. And this yeah. year, it's just a system, man.
0: Yeah. And if we just get Steve, healthy, we're going to be dangerous.
1: Yeah. And Stephen Adams said yep. last year, he's like, "What? Why do? You, why does this work? Why does it matter? Does it not matter who's playing?" And yeah. Stephen Adams said. You know, I'm going to I'm not going to give the uh, the accent because I butcher it. But he, he said, it's the system, you know, yeah. you plug and play everybody. Yeah. The system is the system was the yeah. quote. That he said. Yeah. And it's a good system. And so that's coaching and that's buy in. And that mm-hmm. comes from your leadership on your team, your leadership on your coaching staff and yeah. being able to take care of your folks by the front office, taking care of your players. It's yeah. just a class act.
0: Yeah, I agree. And, and you got solid minutes from Kennedy Chandler last night, you know, uh, against the Heat. He had a, a, he was a plus 18 on the floor. So we were 18 points better with him on the floor. He he took advantage of his minutes, played some solid defense. Um, it, it's fun in games like that. You know, you hate to be missing your stars, but to get to see young guys play like that and, and see the future looking bright and, you know, speaking of that, that win over Detroit, Drew, is the same thing. Like, that team's going to be good. They've got some future stars in Jaden Ivey and Sadiq Bay. Um, John, yeah, the they're, they're going
1: to be good. They're not yeah. going to be good this year. Uh, not, no. not until Cade Cunningham gets back,
0: right? Um, um but they've got some Jay is fun. He is yeah. fun. Yeah. And he's got,
1: he's got to figure out and refine some things,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: he's explosive.
0: Yeah. And Sadiq Bay was first team all rookie last year. You know, he's, he's mm-hmm. got a sweet shot. Um, jaw was fun, man. I know you tuned in for that coast to coast dunk, but he had 21 points in the third quarter by himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. 33 against the against the Pistons. That was a fun game, high energy game.
1: And, and not just 21 points in the quarter. It was 21 points of absolute circus shots. There wasn't <laughs> an easy shot on that. It was if you if you drop somebody in, if you if you just took that third quarter, handed somebody who'd never watched basketball in their life, mm-hmm. they would say
0: well, that's the best player that's ever played the game. That's the Absolutely. quarter that he had. Was, yeah. He, he hit that three from the time stripe. He had that. It was a Tony Parker. Tony Parker, in my lifetime, was the most efficient at circus shots. I've seen him hit more sideways and upside-down shots than anybody except for Ja Morant. And Ja yeah. had that one underhanded sidearm shot that he just they threw both, in on the foul.
1: <laughs> they both were incredible at finishing under the goal.
0: It's, yep. It's true. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Big, big props to John and a, a couple nice wins. Uh, we played a night uh, here in a little bit. Um, and the big
1: news from tonight is Zaire's back. Yes, yeah, he's first making team the debut he, tonight. He took David Roddy uh, has been uh, a lot better lately, and he just has. in time for Zaire yeah. to come back so that yeah. you can kind of hold your tongue for a little bit. I-
0: Hey, listen, he did have a big block. That block at the end of the first half against the Heat was clutch. You know, they were they drove down for layups to try and get uh, – cut into the lead a little bit. He had a monster block. Um, you know, I'll give props to David Roddy. He did get better as he went, but I am so grateful that Zaire is going to be back and get those minutes back because that's, been, oh, that's yeah. been rough. And
1: ex- expect some lumps early on,
0: but it'll – Sure, sure. Um, he'll get it back. He'll be yeah, good. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So uh let's set the stage for the League of Avengers playoff. I know we've got that settled now. Um I picked a bad week to lay an egg and get absolutely just dominated by Zach. But uh Drew, give us your thoughts on the League of Avengers playoff situation.
1: Yeah, so um of the top four seeds, there was Rusty, uh Lump, Aaron, and Patrick. Uh those four seeds went two and two. Uh Rusty lost and it gave up the one seed, because Lump got the win,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, Aaron won, and so he stayed at the three seed, and the, which made the battle for the four seed just as tight as can be. Yeah, and yeah. what ended up mattering, of the four seeds, uh, Patrick picked uh, just the worst time, uh, as I uh, talked to Zach yesterday, and he, he had kind of consoled Pat, and Pat said, well, my guys just never got off the bus, and that's what happened. <laughs> I don't believe he broke 80 in a week that was make or break. And so uh, couple that with the fact that Zach put up 165 points in a win in which you needed to win points for because Zach, Mutters, both won. So Mm -hmm. whoever got the points for was going to get that four seed. And Zach took it and snatched it. and just ripped the throat out of everybody else that he was tied with,
0: yeah especially my uh, my hapless fantasy football team that got the late week buys or late season buys so um, I think yeah if some- you look at if you look at this week's matchup man it it kind of it kind of sucks for yeah. for the
1: four teams that are in it or for three of the four teams are really missing some players mm-hmm. based on buys this late in the mm-hmm.
0: season yeah. Yeah, man. It, it, you know, I've got Jonathan Taylor out, which is uh, just mind boggling that he's going to be out this late in the year when I absolutely need him the most. And so uh, uh, I tried to pick up Cam Akers off the waiver. I, I, I bid 20 bucks. thought that was going to be good. Um, And uh, my opponent uh, beat me to him by dropping forty two dollars in our waiver pickup. Um,
1: All right. pick man, Cam if you're
0: Acres. depending on
1: Cam Akers.
0: That's where we're at, man. I've got because I've got AJ Dillon, David Montgomery, and Jonathan Taylor all on by. So uh, I'm starting Jarek McKinnon from uh, uh, Kansas City, hoping he can get me a, a receiving touchdown or at least some receiving yards. Otherwise, man, it's uh, the covered is bare this week.
1: <laughs> yeah. I was looking here at see kind of how everybody was affected. Uh, just like you've lost all your running backs, Zach yeah. lost both quarterbacks. With Rodgers and uh, he has Mariota on his bench, yeah. uh, both on bye. Yeah. Uh, who he has chosen to fill his spot with is Brock Purdy. Week <laughs> oh, <right in> <laughs> one of hand, the playoffs, though. you're starting Brock Purdy. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: and then um, Aaron's <laughs> just had a rough go of it. You you've yeah. caught a you've caught a good team to go up against with well, you're you're competing with byes, and he is. He is starting Isaiah Pacheco and Leonard Fournette at running back. It's just yeah. a Darius Slayton in his flex. Yeah. I mean, it's just a hard time for him cuz uh the only one he's got on by is uh Christian Watson who has been solid lately. Yeah.
0: But I'll say man, I'll give him credit. He has definitely worked his team and the fact that he's even in the playoff with some of the teams that he the, some of the players he's got like it's a terrible team name, but he's worked that team pretty well. What do you
1: think what is protocol in your opinion for if you are eliminated from the playoffs on uh working the waiver wire? And given the fact that this is not a league in which there's a punishment for the for the yeah. last place. Because if there's punishment for the last place, I'm all for yeah. uh, going for whoever you want to avoid that punishment. But
0: yeah, I think you know, um it adds another element to it. you got to worry about these little sh- these sharks that are sneaking out out there that can come dive-bomb the wave wire, waiver wire, and I, I think it puts a little more strategy into it. I, I don't hate the, the idea. Reason, the
1: reason why I ask is I don't mind people being competitive, but I got bit in another league. Uh, I'm the four seed in my family league, mm-hmm. and my mom, who, uh, <laughs> who we're trying to teach fantasy football to, dropped Joe Mixon uh, last week. What? <laughs> uh, and so I'm – the low, I'm the four seed. So of the playoff contenders, uh, I would get the first pick off the waiver wire, yeah. and one of those non-playoff teams came in and swooped him up, <laughs> and I had missed out on it. No. <laughs> and I was so mad this morning. Yeah. Was, my <laughs> so brother-in-law just came in. Uh, he, they live in South Carolina. I may send you over to his house and teach him a lesson. But <laughs> <laughs> he came in and just plucked what was rightfully mine out of my hands yeah.
0: yeah so we'll see we've got a it's a two-week playoff so we'll see what what breaks out over the next couple of weeks and uh, i think we'll re, we'll revisit next week kind of see where we're at and uh keep an eye on the league of avengers as we go forward so drew any any final closing thoughts any burning uh anything you want to get out there
1: man i'm gonna tell you what i'm about to go do i'm uh, about to go hit the streets of jackson mississippi searching for information on this scandal in Jackson, Mississippi, regarding Jackson State. Uh, there are rumors going out that Jackson State, as a university, really fumbled the bag here. And if uh, basically one of the reasons why Dion left is because uh, they offered him a raise, but uh, this whole time they've kind of been having money come up missing. And so they offered him a raise like, please stay. Here's a million dollars a year. But you're gonna to have to pay your assistant coaches out of this. And like I don't know, it's shady. But I'm gonna go do some research at a local restaurant that's got good food. And uh, but the reason why I'm going is not because of the good food and drink, it's it's because I'm doing my job here for the podcast. <laughs>
0: that's right, man. Getting the legwork in. Well, listen, guys, thanks for making it this far. Uh as always, please give us a like, a follow on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, Share it with a couple friends, get word out there about the Two Bucks Sports Podcast, and uh, we'll keep bringing you uh, hot international sports news.
1: Yeah, that's uh, Two Bucks Sports Podcast, the number two uh, on Instagram and Twitter. Oh, and let's put a bow on something. We didn't get to do it this week. Uh, It's totally slipped my mind. Uh, My World Cup minute Yeah. Uh, this weekend, uh, the United States fell to the Dutch uh just uh beat us pretty good and it was rusty did you watch it did
0: you do your civic duty nope
1: nope
0: i i kept up with it a little bit but i didn't watch it play for play no i was keeping up with it like a game cast
1: (laughs) it was uh it was pretty humiliating for the united states to go down so early by goal uh from a fella named memphis Memphis. (laughs) that
2: that was
1: that just felt like a special gut punch
2: yeah
1: um and then right before uh halftime uh in in a stoppage time going into halftime to uh have a cheap goal give Mm -hmm. up to basically it was we got a goal early on in the second half but to give us a chance but we were just outmatched, and yeah. so now, you know, what do we, what do we look forward to? Um, yeah. Is does the United States play a regular season soccer thing? I mean, who does the United States? Do we have to wait till the next World Cup?
0: Yeah, I don't. How
1: know, do man. I watch soccer?
0: <laughs> it's a good. That's a good. I don't know. <laughs> it's not like they're in the SEC where they can come play, but... Uh,
1: Do they play in the Olympics? Uh,
0: <laughs> I don't know. I, my, yeah. I keep my soccer knowledge to a minimum, but... Uh,
1: yeah, but so yeah. Uh, I guess soccer's dead now uh, in the United yeah. States, which is kind of how it operates uh, three years and 11 months at no. a time. Just, yep. It's, it's no. other countries' sports.
2: Exactly. Exactly.
1: So we will take it back over in four years, but yeah. I don't really, I don't really know how to root for them.
0: <laughs> yeah. So if you're tuning in this podcast for the soccer <laughs> minutes, we'll see you in 2026. 20, <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. Well, and and please stick around because uh, I do like to talk about American sports that you could yeah. adopt. You people want Americans to adopt the uh, soccer, a love for soccer. Yeah. Um, I'll let me. Take this time to encourage you to try out college football, Mm. and we'll keep you in the loop.
0: Nothing better. Real football. Yeah, the 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 real football. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Uncle Buck. Thanks, buddy. Uh, We'll see y'all this back next time. uh, This time next week. Bye.